Hello and welcome to the official PlayStation Magazine podcast. We have once again been gone for a very, very long time. Um, this time we've got a good reason though, uh, as you'll find out when I pass over to Phil and Meeks. Or not. Phil and Dave have gone, although uh, regular readers will know Dave still writes for us on a monthly basis. Phil sadly works for The Enemy, uh, so can no longer appear in OPM. But we're still good friends. We run into each other in the pub sometimes. I'm sure he would want us to say hello on behalf of him. But we have a new Dave and a new Phil, uh, and they are called Benefer. No, they're not. What, one mean, of them's shaking their head. I mean, I yeah. prefer Gingerman, so I mean, what? what? I've never even heard of Gingerman. No, Gen- Where did this come no, from? No, Gingerman is the is 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 the alternate name. I, I thought I, th- I thought it was Benefer and Ben and Jenny's. So where's Gingerfer come from? No, no, Gingerman. Gingerman. Oh, yeah. Gingerman. No, it's just yeah. the was, flip was that one, like just Jen's name again. <laughs> Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> 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 yeah, just take Ben out. It's all good. <laughs> So guys, welcome to the podcast. You've both been um, on the mag for a few months now, so our readers should be familiar with who you are. But if not, introduce yourselves. Um, Yeah, so I'm Jen Simpkins, and I am one of the very, very charismatic staff writers on OPM now. And uh, and my my partner in crime is... Uh, Yeah, I am Ben Tyra. You've probably seen my face, read my words, had many problems with them. (laughs) Um, Shall we... Wrap this up and end the podcast there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Five. When people wanted the podcast back, they only wanted the five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's all people care. Just the one. Just um, the one. Right. Well, we always used to kick off with what we're playing now, so let's continue uh, with that plan. Um, guys, what are you playing right now? At the moment, I'm playing a game for review called Digimon Cyber Sleuth, and it's not the sort of game I'd usually go for because I'm not really a big fan of anime. And I'm not really a big fan of JRPGs. I, I'm starting to regret giving you this game. <laughs> Though you did campaign hard for it. You I love Digimon, like, as a kid. Because Digimon are hipster Pokemon. Oh, man, yeah, you're of the age where you were a kid when Digimon Yeah, we were, yeah. we were just a twinkle in Uncle Sony's eye. <laughs> as, oh, uh... <laughs> wow, what an image. What a horrible, horrible image. Oh, Uncle um, Sony. Yeah, so, because I'd heard... Um, some very bizarre things about it and i'm getting into it it's so weird in the fact like it has almost nothing to do with digimon the digimon are computer programs that hackers use in cyberspace which is not how i remember digimon in the slightest but it just somehow all comes together to be pleasing nonsense um, I, I've heard the story in the office because you've been chatting a lot with the Games Master guys. We sit next to the Games Master team um, and Matt, their editor, uh, has been playing it as well. And he said something about a computer in the wall built out of tubes. I don't know. What? Tell me what so, this anecdote is. What this game does brilliantly is take stuff, words that don't make sense in English, jumble them together and make it seem normal. So, you have joined... A s- Is this this game or you're reviewing <laughs> together? Both. <laughs> uh, so, you've joined a cyber detective agency because your character at the start of the game, minor sort of-ish spoilers, but your character at the start of the game gets split from their physical body, right. so they are actually a digital body in the physical world. So, after you've collected clothes to make you look like your physical self... Is that optional? Um, no, it is a story mission. You have oh. to do it because then otherwise you are 
floating blue particles in the real world. Oh, wait, so clothes actually keep your particles together. Doesn't, like, hide your shame. <laughs> right. Jesus, this sounds like some leather face. This is, like, Ed Gay. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Zipping on his victims. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it seem like it's just the most can, normal thing to can, do. Can you stitch together like the husks of Digimon and like oh, walk yeah. around? I mean, that's immediately my first Unfortunately not. Reaction. But then a lot of the Digimon you kind of capture in... Pokemon oh yeah, and in, in, in Slave forever. Well, you build a little farm for them for them to investigate crimes for you. Oh yeah, they just gone to a nice farm. Yeah, okay. A nice digi I remember farm. Remember my parents telling me that about my pets. When I was <laughs> yeah. Oh, Except they actually send you text messages asking you questions. I, the Digimon text you as well. Right. The more I talk about this game, the more bizarre it sounds. We've, we've but... not even got to this this computer. Oh yeah. Okay. So this computer. So once you start the cyber detective agency, people because it's set in a mall where you're based in a mall. Of course. And people start going, oh, it's really cold, the AC's broken. So you start investigating it, and when you notice an air vent, which is particularly cold, you uh, go up to it and you hear a 80s pop icon try to talk to you, but it doesn't make sense. So this is how this mission starts. And right. then you go up, so you have to start investigating about, you go up to this coffee shop, have a chat in there about some stuff. I'll be honest, at this point, I was just trying to, like, make sense of it all. <laughs> so... You're just trying to scrape your mind off the So wall. they tell you like, that... So in the coffee shop, they tell you that Japan's oldest vacuum computer, which was in the basement but isn't anymore, they've kind of, of shut it down. Right. Of the shopping mall. Right. Um, that used to control the AC, but it doesn't anymore. And you then notice that on a panel on the wall, you can... Because one of the things your character can do is connect jump, which is jump into digital networks. So she jumps like, into like the building slash computer? Yeah, she technically is jumping into the network that is running the air conditioning where you find this Japanese pop star icon who actually was an avatar being used by a Digimon who is trying to get help because another Digimon, who was a bug from the old computer, the vacuum computer, is making everything cold. See, this sounds ludicrous. However, like we're we're sitting in OPM Towers right now, which is based in Bath, and in the dead of winter, it's like blazing hot in this building. Yeah. And in the middle of summer, it's freezing cold, and that's because Bath's air conditioning unit for this building is based in Leicester. So actually, I wonder if there's some Digimon cyber sleuth issues I going on. We need to do AC. some cyber sleuthing of our own, like around yeah. the offices, I feel. Because, yeah, this this weird sort of dictatorial, remote-controlled AC going on here. and yeah, from, like from Leicester. Like, bizarre. So this actually makes more sense than, yeah, than you I, might realise, Ben. Jen, I, what are you playing? Uh, what am I playing? I am playing uh, quite from, a lot from of... From one game about singing <laughs> to another. Well, right? well, another about dancing, because I'm playing Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is amazing. I um, I reviewed it for OPM. Uh, gave it a nine, right? I gave it a nine. Uh, it's just a little a little clag column, as we like to call them, um, kind of a, th- a third of a page review. Um, and, and to be honest, I could have written more on it, because it is absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm a massive Super Meat Boy fan, so... I kind of strangely enjoy um, being 
utterly infuriated by a game, which is what started to happen when I was playing it for review, um, because there's there's four zones in Crypt of the Necrodancer, uh, and I for the longest time I couldn't even make it past zone one, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this this game is ridiculous, it's too hard. But then of course I did, and and was like, oh, now I now I feel a sense of uh, accomplishment. So so the game is. Uh, a roguelike basically so it, it uh, it'll generate kind of dungeons uh, as you play and you play as Cadence who is uh, a female heroine uh, and she's crawling the dungeons and, and kind of uh, battling monsters but she's doing it to uh, the beat of the music uh, which is playing over the game uh, at all times which is amazing it's uh, da- Danny Baranowski who did the Super Meat Boy soundtrack um, not on PlayStation, right? Uh, no, 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 which was a real shame. Uh, but yeah, so he did the soundtrack uh, for Necrodancer. And what you've got to do is, not only is it a roguelike and a dungeon crawler, but you have to do it to the beat of the music by pressing the D-pad. Um, uh, and that will kind of uh, help you accumulate more coins. Uh, there's like a coin multiplier. Uh, so, so you're like dancing basically in time, like one square at a time through these dungeons um, and kind of, doing these sort of like almost kind of two-step turn-based battles with like monsters who are also like shaking their thang uh like just sort of like skeletons doing the worm and stuff and it's, so it's so it's really kind of funky and fun at the same time as being incredibly challenging um and of course because it's a roguelike you know um kind of uh you'll you'll drop through the levels of the dungeons once you you make it through and uh and and kind of bosses will spawn out of nowhere sometimes which is terrifying uh, and you've got various weapons at your disposal uh to sort of grind through these these levels really but it, you know for for kind of how terrifying and, and and scary and and difficult it can be it kind of always i'm always getting dragged back into it recently because like the music is so good and it's it's amazing for a tiny indie game i was i was just like Oh man, it's completely like bewitched me. Would you like Amazing. to play it with a dance mat? I would love to play it with a dance mat. Actually, I, I did have a dance mat uh, when I was younger, um, and and I think it would be good. Although I've heard it is incredibly difficult. I think it would right. be quite weird, like hopping around. You have to do so many like quick sort of timed maneuvers that uh, I can only imagine me kind of skidding on a dance mat across the office and just falling on my jacksy. So <laughs> probably wouldn't work that well, but it'd be Want fun. Want to try it at home? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I realised I didn't actually introduce myself. I'm Matthew, I edit OPM. Um, I've been playing Bloodborne. I, I, I didn't when it came out a year ago now. Uh, I was just busy doing other things. Um, and I finally got around to playing it. And oh my word, it's amazing. It's my favourite <laughs> game on PS4. Wow. It's, it's not as hard as everyone made out, I don't think. Uh, although I'm only... I don't even know if I'm halfway yet. I'm in the Forbidden Woods. There's a big boss battle that everyone said, oh, have you got to this bit yet, uh, Rom? And no, I haven't yet. So I'm sure that's just around the corner. Uh, and my opinion might change again uh, off the back of that. But right now I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, there are these horrible snake... Have you either of you played it? I played I've, a little bit. Yeah, we've played bits, but neither of us have really got into it yet. Actually, I did about half an hour. <laughs> just quick yeah, r- did you yeah, even like it. Rinsed it. beat an enemy in that half hour then <laughs> i beat a few enemies i didn't beat any bosses i got up to the bridge where you oh, get the, the third... cleric beast yeah the, the cleric optional be- cleric beast um 
Yeah, like so far with the bosses, like I'm finding there are a couple that killed me a couple of times and I beat him. I almost beat Father Gascoigne first time out and he just, just got me. Um, but I got him second time. Though I feel like I cheesed it. Everyone talks about this being this real formative boss in the game and this great back and forth with the parrying with your gun and slashing back. In what? actual fact, I just kind of... You're just of, spamming one uh, attack. Well, no, yeah, I did, but I kind of hid behind a load of gravestones, trapped him there, and then just heavy axed oh, through nice. uh, over and over. And then when he turned into beast form and he destroyed those gravestones, I then did it with a tree. <laughs> so uh, Because tree beats gravestones, uh, yeah, like in the yeah, durability um, scale. Well, it's classic video game design. Yeah. Like trees are the most durable material ever invented. Um, so I, even though like I kind of feel I cheesed that boss, I'm loving it immensely. Um, I'm currently in this area where there are loads of these people with snake heads but not just like a single snake head like a, a nest of snakes oh. so it almost feels like you know resident evil 4 when you mm. pop a villager's head and suddenly yeah uh, everything looks yeah. like pop out um it's a bit like that actually and it's pretty Ooh. terrifying and one grabbed me the other night and um like sucked me to death which is which is a pleasant experience <laughs> um yeah it's just it's fantastic i can't wait to like get farther into it to be honest did you play the dark souls games um yes and no yes uh i started off with demon souls actually i imported demon souls because back on ps3 it wasn't originally going to come out in in europe but i thought well it's never going to come to europe but it looks really great a lot of buzz on the internet about demon souls so i imported that really loved it um and then dark souls was great i just at the time i didn't have like the hours to put into it um and i was on a different mag at the time i used to work on xbox world 360 many many years ago and uh, my colleague michael gapper did that review i believe and certainly he was the one playing it anyway for the mag so it's still like on a shelf as is dark souls 2 but bloodborne bloodborne's a really good way to get into that saga i feel i mean demon souls was great but bloodborne is even easier to get into because you don't have to worry <laughs> Well, you do have to worry about being attacked, of course. It's a very hard game and you, you die very easily. But because there's no shields, you're not really... Combat, I think, is you can rush in, be more offensive because you've got the regain health system whereby if you take damage, if you then cut back at them, you can regain that health that you oh, lost. Okay. You can almost leech it back off them. Right. Um, and that makes it... like You can just pick it up and for 20 minutes play, not worry too much about what you're doing you mm. can benefit from that and then plug that back into your health um it doesn't feel quite as intense as dark souls and it's it's certainly stripped back in terms of stats and stuff mm. so it's it's an easy way into that saga so what i'm going to do when i finish off bloodborne dark souls 3 admittedly will be out by then but yeah. i'm going to go back start with dark souls 1 again oh, work the through whole, the trilogy whole as trilogy. a whole and then like appreciate it as kind of one unit even though really like two is a bit removed because we know that that team worked on bloodborne after yeah. dark souls one yeah so maybe i should have done dark souls bloodborne <laughs> dark souls three i don't know if you were gonna be but, uh, that's purist. that's my plan for the next few months for sure for me it's uh i was sort of harangued into playing bloodborne and i never quite got on with it because the thing with the souls games is they've always been this kind of uh eulogize like oh they're very tough they will make you rethink how you play games but bloodborne as i got into it felt pretty accessible from the yeah. off it it doesn't it's quite fun the combat as you say the focus on offensive maneuvers over defensive maneuvers makes it feel quite um quite fun actually getting stuck in and understanding how your weapons yeah. work early on 
So it's um I, I think anyone who reduces that series to just being about the difficulty kind of misses the point of them as well like it's unfair to just say oh dark souls is really good because it's tough and you have to approach it in this careful way like it's so so well, much more than that i it mean does so, tons of stuff. so much that i've read about the series is is exactly that is okay well it's so special because it is so difficult and but you know it doesn't um it doesn't look down on you in it and and then beating these certain bosses like gives you such a sense of satisfaction so if it's not about that what what is it about for you um i think like there's definitely a sense of it being about empowering people and just like it forces you to adapt and evolve in a way that games don't it's not about it being difficult it's about like the journey it puts the player through and how like already i'm not even halfway through bloodborne but my approach to that game and the way i see that game i, I can almost look at bloodborne like i look at the witness like you've got that arc of understanding in the witness whereby you know what you know of that world what you understand what you've literally see in that mm. world in the first minute mm. is nothing compared with mm. what you see in that world what you understand mm. what you know 30 hours in similar things happening with with bloodborne like the areas when you start off the game like it's terrifying you feel like any single enemy can kill you and the great thing is like that is true like 20 hours later a single enemy if you don't pay them enough respect can still kill you but you feel very comfortable in certain areas you know things like it's the back of your hand mm. um or better even i don't know how many people actually study the back <laughs> of their hands really um where'd that mole come from <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm a big fan of the batman games and it keeps making me think back to batman arkham asylum where you start off like as batman as a badass batman but by the end of the game you're an even better batman but at no point were you like this weak guy with nothing with that, yeah, yeah without skills you start off with enough skills to get, get by. by to begin with but by the end or even by halfway where i am now like i look back and i think god i was terrible back then i knew nothing and that arc of understand understanding that i built up not just about me not just about enemy types um, but like the way the world is constructed, the way that you open up shortcuts, the importance of doing mm. that, the importance of tackling things in certain mm. ways and just understanding how everything folds back in and on itself yeah. is just it's fascinating. And like it is done so well, that world is put together. It's meticulously designed to the point where an hour or so ago in terms of my progression I uncovered a shortcut that took me right back literally to the start of the game <laughs> and kind of folded the world back in on itself. Yeah. It's like, right, so that connects there and that. And it's just never stops with uh, these surprises and these delightful but, little But that's, that's the best game design, right? So, you know, you're saying Bloodborne does this. The Witness does this. It definitely does that in that, you know, you're, you're going back and discovering new things and looking at things in a different just way. Just wait until you finish the Witness Oh, again. my God, don't. I've got to find the time to get through all those panels. But, you know, it's the, it's the same Bloodborne, the Witness. Basically, everything you've just said about Bloodborne kind of and the, the evolution process for the player like word for word i could instantly apply to street fighter 5 and like and again like it just fits into that bracket of you start off and you've got everything you need to get by and but the genius behind it is that there's so many kind of like evolutionary arcs for you to uncover some of which 
take you right back to the beginning in a way, but you've, you're looking at everything in a different way. Um, yeah, games that are somehow structured like that in a kind of meticulous way where it can also go anywhere, I think is incredible design. So you've said the magic words there, which is Street Fighter V. We have all been playing Street Fighter V more than anything else. Oh my God. Uh, so we'll move on to that because it's kind of half what we're playing and half like the big news story which we want to talk about in the this podcast um which is street fire 5's launch content mm. um content is a strong word <laughs> uh first of all every lunchtime every day when we finish uh we'll go into this room that we have in the office uh, it'll be team opm a couple from games master perhaps a couple more from games radar and we will play a lot of street fighter 5 that's only because you won't let me play rocket league anymore no, we've we've moved on. Banned. <laughs> you don't move on from Rocket League. It always stays a part of you. By which we mean if we let Ben play Rocket League in the office, all he will do all day is talk about Rocket League. Yeah. So we've had to impose a bit of a ban <laughs> because that's what... The he wants to turn the mag in into effect. the official Rocket League magazine. Mm. Um, and sorry, Ben, I'm just not going to let that happen. <laughs> um, it's a great, great game, but... Uh, I, I want you to experience something else, and uh, as I have been, um, you have been indeed. Because I mean, you've you've taken to Street Fighter Five. One of the most interesting things about Street Fighter Five, and I think one of the things you mentioned in your review, um, which is backed up by the fact that any any player can come to Street Fighter Five immediately and take something away from that game. And the more you, the more time you spend with it, the more you take away from it until you start understanding concepts such as uh, cross-ups <laughs> where somebody hits you on one side, goes around, hits you on the other quickly without you being able to react. So these are all concepts which, before we were playing Street Fighter Five in the office, sounded like gibberish and now actually make sense. And nobody has sat me down and gone, <laughs> here is your beginner guide to Street Fighter Five. Learn this before you play. This is purely from being smacked about over and over again and then learning from those smackings how to get better at the game. And, like, we're being kind to you, to you, Ben. Like, we're smacking you around an awful lot to help you learn. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like no, this, we're being kind. Yeah, we're yeah. doing our duty there. So, um, yeah, I think you owe us a thanks. When I start beating you, we, then you'll get, get your thanks. <laughs> I was going to say, can you just say it into the mic, like real snow and, and nice, the thanks. But no, no, okay. Okay, that was so, just for my personal. So, Ben, you're playing as Birdie? <laughs> yes. That's because people have a fear in their eye when I pick Birdie because they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and you're, and you're, becoming, you're becoming pretty good at Birdie. It feels like you just land a regular punch. It takes off a third of my health. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's the joy of Birdie. <laughs> that is the joy of Birdie. Uh, but, but... I'm, I'm maining Ken. I, I want to try and learn a couple more. Um, I don't really play fighting games. I never used to play fighting games, um, which is why I went out and bought a 200 quid stick uh, <laughs> to play Street Fighter Five. Um, it's that good people <laughs> because i really want i've always admired fighting games it's always been a genre i wish that i could play but i never felt that i had the skills to play or necessarily just the i don't want to say the motivation because I, I was keen on doing it but just the ability to get in and hold my own but already like within a few matches i felt like i picked ken because Ken was always like the guy who I'd pick in my five matches of Street Fighter 4 when I played that. And he's changed quite a lot, but I think for the better even, like out of Ken and Ryu, before it was just an aesthetic choice. I liked Ken because Ryu was the main guy and I just wanted to be a bit different. Now Ken is actually playing to my strengths. Like his anti-air kick is absolutely incredible. I just Tatsu. love it to bits. Um, but I want to try and learn a few others 
Um, I think Nash, I've definitely identified I want to play as him. Rashid intrigues me. Um, and Bison, I love the fact that he can grab fireballs and throw them back. And Robin on Games Master uh, plays Ryu, so I just want to hit him with his own fireballs. Uh, Jen, interestingly, just plays characters whose names she can insert into a certain Cisco. That's form. true. That's true. I mean, this technically was started by uh, Ben in the uh we we got into kind of a, a, a an altercation shall we say when uh when uh fong fong's trailer dropped f a n g uh and i got very excited uh, cuz he just looks so tricksy and wonderful um and uh and i was like oh yeah yeah have you seen the trailer for fong and uh matt was like uh what what you mean fang and i was like no listen to the announcer it's pronounced fong it's like chinese or something uh anyway but we we were kind of having this back and forth me and matt and then Ben sort of quietly over on the left uh, where he sits next to me just uh, started just humming Cisco's thong song. I do uh, that every day. You only know I mean, yeah. time. And then, they, and then it all did, the stars aligned and it all made sense. But so yeah, you picked so. thong. Yeah, and also Chun-Li, um, yeah, who, who I've been kind of mainly playing. Uh, so uh, yeah, when, when, when I win, as I often do, uh, <laughs> we've wow. got to go... Uh, Bold words. Chun, 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 chun. And then uh, obviously like... Fong is perfect as well, and I'm starting to main him as well because he's just wonderful. He's my second, so for now, for now, he might he might take over, especially if Matt starts to play Bison, and then I can be his like evil lackey. That would be quite fun. See, Milf also plays Ken, so everyone's got their own character. Um, Jen is your main is still Chun right now. Um, ben is Birdie. I'm Ken. Milf's also Ken, um, and I I, I kind of want to feel like. I need to have another character mm. just to have that degree of separation. Robin on Games Master is uh, Ryu. We've got a Karen who is Dave on Games Radar. We've got an Armika who is Matt Elliott on Games Radar. Uh, we've got Ben Griffin plays Rashid now. He's mm-hmm. just joined our little Street Fighter group. Mm. Who else have I missed? Uh, someone else? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think that's like the main cohort. Anyone else? Ben's pulling an interesting face. Oh, yeah, it's... it's like he has just been hit with a, a punch from Ryugan. I was just thinking of all the faces I could pull, which would look great on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Again, the beauty of Street Fighter is the other night we had somebody just come into the office to have a quick go on it. And just picking the game up, throwing a few punches is immensely satisfying. It's one of the few fighting games where you feel that any any level you bring into the game the game will give you something to do with that. Yeah, well, I mean, this is this is why, like... Unless I, you want to play story level, <laughs> then it does not. Yeah, then it definitely does not. But, um, I mean, this is what got me so excited. I mean, the way to play this game, right, is, let's just put it out there now, you have to be in the fortunate situation that we're in where you're playing kind of local versus with people. And that's how fighting games have always been. You know, that just the classic, you know, two players in a room... Two fight sticks, preferably. Although I, f- I feel this plays great on pad. Um, but um, I was going to say I'm the only one who plays with the fight stick. You guys prefer? Yeah, we've got the them new gen thumbstick skills. So. I'm poor and I don't want to buy a fight stick. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to stop myself. You know, you you came in. You were like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. Like I don't really like fighting games, but you're like, you know, this looks fun. It looks amazing. It looks gorgeous. Um, and, and and the way you, you kind of play this game and learn from people so effectively in this game is, is playing against other people, um, preferably in the same room. And and we had this moment the other night where, like, we were long, long after work, trains were missed, you know, food was not eaten. We were just playing, playing, playing. And, and 
Ben had this moment of like sudden evolution where something like clicked in his brain and he'd just kind of been like, you know, just like throwing some solid birdie normals, like the damage is crazy and he's, he's you know, he's good up close and he's decent in range and stuff like that. So, I mean, Ben was getting by. And then kind of after all these hours of play in the office, um, maybe only a few, like there was this one match, I can't remember who it's against, but you kind of like turned and suddenly you, you were blocking, like you were blocking cross-ups, like you were understanding that, you know, go in for the headbutt when you're in close and you were using your chain, you're using your EX chain, like fully taking advantage of everything. And it was like somehow you'd kind of assimilated what the game was sort of telling you and how it was playing. Um, and, and just like starting to kick ass. And I was just sat there like with this huge like grin on my face. The problem I've got with this story is I don't really remember it like that. I remember it's a typical <laughs> night where I was being everybody who was coming up and then you all said you were better than you usually are. No, so... Um, no, but it's, it's yeah. so apparent to, like, if you know fighting games, like, once a player kind of, like, shifts up a gear and, and that's what Street Fighter Five does better was, than anything is there's, there's, there's seemingly endless gears to shift and, and, and you're already starting to do that and, and uh, I mean, you're kind of more aware of it when you play fighting games and you understand that perhaps you've, you've kind of learned something or a new mechanic in the game and, and, and your fight style started to evolve. But it's like beautiful to see it to happen, happen to someone who's not even really aware of it. Um. So, so like the fighting itself is the, the best we could hope for. It's absolutely oh, so good. the definitive fight. Oh, the game, combat right? system is, I would... I mean, I would love to say flawless. I'm sure, like, some sort of horrible, broken <laughs> or not, <laughs> combo. I, I wouldn't call it flawless, even that horrible combo that Matt Elliott keeps whipping out. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Don't get in um, the corner. But, you know, it's, it's absolutely essential. Yes. Um, everything else, however, which is a bit of a misnomer because there isn't much else. Yeah, <laughs> So this is shit much. with... Um, well, well, yeah, we've got a survival mode. We've, we've got, got a versus mode. Versus character story. story. I mean, versus mode, there's no way to play against the CPU, no. for instance. I mean, it's local versus, but you can't just go three rounds, no. you know, like like any other normal fighting game. Character story, which is either two or four, fight, well, two, two three, or, three four, or four, like fights long, depending on which character you pick. Yep. And then online stuff, which didn't work to begin with. It is, now I'm not having any issues. I mean, I'm having on. I'm having an issue or two. I mean, it was it was pretty bad, um, kind of in the early stages, and and they've done a lot to clean it up. And Capcom are working really hard, I think. Um, but I, it still feels very like gluey. Yeah. A lot of fights. Uh, it's it, you know, it's, obviously, it's not going to compare to. There's no arcade mode. Versus. Nope. Um, we're in March now, so we have got some extra content coming this month. Mm -hmm. uh, Jen, you've got the list off the top of my head. We've got challenge mode coming. Uh, yes, challenges slash trials mode. Okay. So, I mean, from every other fighting game, you know, you play, you'll probably assume that'll be um, learning specific yeah. kind of B and B bread and butter combos for 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 We'd most hope, characters. But then every other fighting game's got an arcade mode. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we've got Alex coming this month. Is that Alex? Right? Yep. Uh, who? So have they even spelled out challenge mode? Is that literally free for everyone? You don't have to buy Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a free update. But Alex, you have to spend fight money mm -hmm. or bison dollars, as we like to call it. In, in the well, so it's proper name. For anybody who is not aware of Street Fighter lore, because I'm sure there's reams of it, uh, who is Alex? 
<laughs> or is it just a random new no, character? No, 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 no. He's been yeah. in before. All I know is that he power bombs a lot. <laughs> he has a bandana. That's that's it. That's what, I mean, that's fighting game characterization. Right? Yeah, I mean, I never, playing. ever, like, really played with Alex, and I'm not going to be playing with Alex when he drops. I think, like, um, Dave and, uh, and, and Matt who are the other kind of big street fighters in the office, um, have expressed an interest, but like... He's, Dave's, he's, Dave's waiting for jury. J- Dave is waiting for jury. I think I think Matt's more interested because Alex is... Um, he's a little different um, in Street Fighter Five. He's going to be a little different because he's um, a grappler uh, he's now. He's wearing a beanie now instead of a bandana. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be great. Parappa style. But um, yeah, so 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 he's his combat style is going um, to kind of focus more around sort of grabs command grabs i would think stuff like that uh which doesn't interest me whatsoever i mean you're the same right matt like i just can't get behind that no i'm not i'm not a grabber perhaps somewhat similar to laura um maybe who just like i cannot she just feels so like staccato to me i can't play it but yeah i mean he looks interesting enough but i'm waiting for jury as well any more coming out the shop so the shop is coming in march the shop is coming in march as well with which we'll be able to Spend our fight money on what? On costumes? Am- amazing um, costumes, okay. hopefully. And characters. Um, so yeah. Buy, uh, so f- just a little bit of a, an update for people who aren't aware of the systems. You earn fight money by playing story mode, by playing survival, by mm-hmm. winning. Mm-hmm. Is it only ranked you get fight money? Can you do uh, I believe it's just ranked that um, you get fight money for wins. And you can spend this fight money on the DLC characters. Yes. So Capcom has said if you earn enough fight money, you can mm-hmm. buy every DLC character yeah. uh, with that money. You don't have to spend a penny yeah. to buy it with real money. However, there is a second system of um, payments called Zenny, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that you do buy with money. Yeah. And you can also purchase characters with Zenny. So if you are really bad at Street Fighter and you are not earning enough fight money but you want to play as the extra characters, you can buy a season pass or you can buy them individually mm-hmm. via the Zenny system. Um, yeah, so uh, so I believe the figure is uh, 100,000 fight money for new characters. I believe it is confirmed because in the thought, review guide I, that I've we've got. I've not even got. done every character story. I've only done a handful of survivals on easy, Ken's on normal. And I've had two rank matches, and I already have like 168,000 yeah, fight money. Yeah, you will be you will be balling. Um, I I mean I think I think uh they've done that so that people can get in and get Alex free first, and you know kind of fill out the roster and start to do that. Um, and I think it's nice, but obviously that's going to dry up once you've run through the uh limited content uh that's currently in the game. Because you only get fight money for the first time that you yeah exactly. Run the so you can't just farm it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they are they have announced that they are going to be patching in new ways to earn fight money kind of like later in releases which would be a good way to kind of keep earning money for those of us who aren't going to be like consistently tearing it up on rank matches it's a shame Um, yeah like we play a lot of verses but we're not earning any money for that but then then you could spam it it would be easy to cheat the system yeah no i think i think they're being sensible with it um yeah and once other ways are kind of patched into to to earn more it'd be nice for those people who who aren't gonna you know be a super silvering or whatever it is ranked matches um so that's good um yeah and then we've got six dlc characters coming this year um this year this year up till september they've already Mm. said that there isn't going to be a super street fighter Mm five there isn't going to be an ultra Mm -hmm. um street fighter five is street fighter five yeah which i guess does knock because one of the theories and i 
I held this opinion as well was that Street Fighter Five is just exclusive to PlayStation Four and PC, right? And it would be for life. But I thought, oh well, yeah, Super Street Fighter Five will come out and be on Xbox One as well. Yeah. Um, but no, it seems that actually Street Fighter Five will only exist in this one version, and we'll just be adding to it as the years go by. So perhaps similar to you know Killer Instinct on Xbox, which has different seasons, we'll have different seasons of Street Fighter Five. So we'll have another wave of perhaps half a dozen characters next year. Yeah, I can only I'm assume sure the roster will expand. Get a chance to put Blanca in at some point. You <laughs> oh, know I how mean, much he loves Blanca. Yeah, because he's not confirmed in these <clears throat> six that are that are coming he's in DLC, not. which is a real surprise. But then apparently, um, we did an interview with him, and he he was he was the one championing championing uh, Armika. So. Oh yeah, Armika <laughs> is his favorite. Um, when I asked him about. Uh, like he's face lit up. Um, <laughs> Armiku Ar- 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 is a really interesting one, actually. I tweeted last night as we were recording this, so a few days ago, um, that I really like her. I played her character story. And when you see Armiku, you just think it's just like a piece of sex meat. Like that's how she's designed. <laughs> piece or, of sex like, meat. Y- you honestly look at it and think this is just awful character design. Gratuitous. She's only there to be a pair of tits don't be like silly that's, that's just laura I but mean. that's the thing so it turns out that laura seems to be that mm. um and i know you feel quite strongly about that jen so i'm interested to get your your take on her mm. but actually our Mika is personality wise i think the pick of the entire bunch she's oh, fantastic yeah, yeah she's it, brilliant it kind of helps i'm a big wrestling fan right i'm, I'm obsessed <laughs> with wwe so i'm naturally predisposed and she's to got liking all, she's wrestling. got all the moves she's as well legit wrestling moves. yeah um, but she's great. She's just this lovely, bubbly character. You can't help but like want to cheer her on. She's and she just, just embodies fun. like the Street Fighter kind of ethos of I just want to get better and yeah. I just want to keep learning and like thank you for fighting with me and everything. Like it's oh, she's so like friendly and lovely and and she's like totally innocent. Like, yeah, it's just it's just a costume. Yeah. There's nothing like untoward about it. Yeah, she's it's cool. I can get behind, you know, like if Mika wants to have a bit of boob on show, like more power to her. Like her, per- like ironically, her personality <laughs> is so big that it, like, I mean, it just eclipses like anything you even might. I mean, you look at her first and you're like, what? And then kind of, you know, the, the, the little phrases she'll throw out and, and kind of the high fives with her partner, kind of have you trigger Nadeshko, um, just completely eclipse kind of, you don't, you're not even looking at her anymore. You're kind of just being like, oh, there's Mika. She's so much fun. I don't even mind getting beat by her. But then um, Laura, you think, is a bit more of a... Yeah, I, th- I feel like Laura's a bit more gratuitous. And uh, I mean... I love fighting games and I've played a lot of them uh, and a lot of especially kind of booby ones that are quite gratuitous. Uh, like Skullgirls, for example, is one of my favourite yeah, favorite games of all. I worship Skullgirls. Uh, it's, it's a brilliant fighter. Um, uh, but it, it's pretty gr- gratuitous. Like it had a lot of uh, uh, kind of like upskirt shots, uh, I think some of which ended up getting patched out, some of which didn't. Wow. Uh, kind of a la Mika's butt slap um in in street fighter 5 um but, but you know i don't i don't mind like a bit of boob jiggle and like I, you know i like personally i mean lots of people feel differently but like i find it quite empowering to be like a, a female fighter and you know she's got a bit of boob but she's also got like killer thighs and she can kick ass and like she's just terrifying to fight against and she's fun to play because she's feminine but she's awesome laura laura feels created with the intent to titillate and I think that's awkward for everyone like it's just awkward for girls because it's like 
she she feels pretty one-dimensional personality-wise. She's not like Mika. Um, and it's awkward for guys because I think guys can tell that she's created as, like, the sexy one. And some people are into it and, like, that's fine by me, um, to be honest. Like, if, if you're cool with that, like, fine. If you enjoy that, fine. But, like, I think I think it's, it's like, an unnecessarily awkwardness. Uh, they could have worked harder maybe to flesh her out. But her story mode's kind of interesting. She's got... Um, her brother Sean, who she loves, he's from uh, Street Fighter Three. So, I mean, there's something going on, but like, not she doesn't feel as rounded a character as Mika. There's one other character who's clearly designed purely to titillate, and that is Sexy Ryu. Oh, Sexy Ryu. Pre-order Ryu. Oh, Ryu. I, I fought him on uh, a rank match last night or the night before, whenever it was, uh, with his bare chest and his hairy beard. Mm, the beard. Ah. Oh. I mean, like, Sexy Ryu does look like the most badass Ryu oh, imaginable. He, why wasn't he just default Ryu? That's such a mistake. Such a mistake. But in terms of best beard on PS4, that's still the Order 1886. Mm, no. Some beautiful, no, luscious no, beards no. there. No, Geralt, Geralt's beard's grows no, come on come on, come on. hey i don't want to hear that growing beard nonsense <laughs> about the witcher because there was beard growth in deadly premonition on ps3 so Geralt is just copying yeah but he did it better i mean <sighs> is it, oh. why is this turned into heat magazine i don't who, know who grew that bit better what is it what should, is it about beards maybe we should follow up in the next podcast with a proper beard talk mm. um <laughs> but i think it's safe to say like content wise we were definitely disappointed with what street yeah. fighter launched with um it's just that the game itself is so ridiculously like close to perfect yeah. as a fighter um and that is ultimately what it's about it's about yeah. fighting games have always been about playing local yeah um, we know that on the, the good thing we know is that it will be added to like yeah. month after month year after year they are not gonna Leave let it. Street Fighter in four years be the Street Fighter yeah. that it is today. Like that is the benefit of this generation. These games are going to evolve. It's so not just the box. One final question for Street Fighter Five: Do you think that the gameplay would change in, let's say, a year and a half's time, in the same way that you'd have a new Super Street Fighter Five? Do you think you'd ever see an update where they might tinker the gameplay? Oh, with so like new much mechanics. With new mechanics. Potentially, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, they they did that with. Uh, uh, Ultra Four, I believe. Like they did, they do kind of patch in new mechanics. I, I mean, it's early days, but I would be, I would be hesitant to, um, to to wish for any new mechanics. Like there's so much like to explore, and like so much just in the core system right now that um, is going to like change games all the time. Yeah. Um, so the, the, there's things like I barely even touched on in my review in the mag, you know, um, things like unique attacks and um, crush counters and stuff like that and, and stuff that people will end up learning about that will allow them to extend kind of combos and, and, and really kind of mix up their game in endless ways. Yeah. And there's so many variations just in, you know, throwing out normals and, and specials and, and figuring out that different like uh strengths of attack will will change certain normals and and specials um so I, i'd i'd be i'd be a little bit intimidated if they they patched in anymore i think there'll be balances i yeah. think but yeah. i think they're also very mindful of the fact that they don't want to split the user base yeah and if you start changing things massively that'll do that like, yeah. i don't even know if they want to be adding say optional critical arts to give people 
second or third options. Mm. I don't know if they'll go down that road. Road they have done in the past. Yeah. they did with four. Yeah, I no. just don't think it needs it. I I would just hope that part part of the success of five is the purity of it. Yeah, and, and I think when you start then monkeying with that formula, yeah. you learn. You you know you start to lose that purity. It becomes what it was before which was quite bloated yeah. and that's why it was hard for people to get into it yeah, it's just so elegant you know it just takes it right back to like ground game classic street fighter with kind of like all these beautiful little sort of flourishes here and there it's magical but i mean there's no excuse for 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 how little it launched with especially in this day and age and especially if you're going to charge you know quite a lot of money for people to buy your game like the the plans that they have in place are solid uh, and I'm I'm super confident that it's 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 going to evolve into something amazing, and 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 everyone else is going to evolve along with it, and 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 that's the important thing. Um, at the end of the day, is 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 the core combat, which is incredible. Um, so Jen, in the issue that we wrapped up last week, mm-hmm. which is going to be out eighth oh, of March, pretty soon. Um, so next week, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Wait for it, readers. Um, <laughs> so you reviewed Street Fighter. Yeah. No, I got... You gave it six pages. I did. Um, did you give it Street Fighter 5 out of 10? <laughs> uh, your ver- I'm going to read out your verdict. The rest we'll, we'll save for the issue itself. Mm. But your verdict said, The best couch play fighting game you can play right now, both party starter and competitive tool, its sheer sense of fun will inspire everyone to rise up to the challenge. Reliant on solo or online thrills? Question mark. Wait for the updates first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you have other people to play this with locally, you absolutely have to own it. Yeah. But I think we kind of do need to see a bit more on the online front before. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. We can't. You can't let them get away with it because it's it's not fair to people who who want to buy the game and maybe don't have that community that we're lucky to have. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all in there. It's all pretty. Uh, pretty well covered. So yeah, give it a read and 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 do get in touch because I got I got pretty pretty emotional about that game writing about it. Like it's it's absolutely stunning, uh, and I I love my fighting games. Uh, next, your review in this issue. So the issue out eighth of March. Uh, I'm gonna tell you about the cover game in just a little bit because that's another one that Jen did. But I want to let Ben have a little bit of a word I was going to say do I Next do think this issue yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see if I turn over the page from that Street Fighter review there's this other review yeah. in the issue of a game called Far Cry Primal um, where Ben 6 out of 10 Tyra oh 6 out of 10 uh, which is his office name um, because when he joined it turned out that he wanted to give every game 6 out of 10 and then the first however many reviews didn't get a six. <laughs> and I was just like, what's going on? I think ben, ben wants to give everything in life six out of ten. I'll be like, oh, Ben, look at this. He'll be like, yeah. If everything is six out of ten, you can't be too disappointed or too excited. You're on mm. a nice even keel. It's that MTV meh a la Simpsons. <laughs> the MTV generation. I like, to, I like to think of it as more of a grounded... <laughs> Feet on the ground, just enjoying life for what it is, which is... And that's sick. Far Cry Primal, is it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> so you, I, you know, I've checked up on a few reviews. There have been mixed feelings on Primal. A few people have gone head over heels about it. They absolutely worship it. A few think it's good, solid Far Cry. And then there's Ben. <laughs> that makes me sound like I'm a the complete Six anti. out of ten Tyra. So... I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Far Cry 3. I 100%ed yeah. it. I have a great deal of respect for the game. It came along at a time where I felt that first-person shooters were starting to get stuck in a Call of Duty rut. Every game that came out was mirroring Call of Duty, and Far Cry was a refreshing antidote to all of that. 
And then 4 came along and was very similar to 3 and it didn't quite capture the magic of 3. See, I, I too finished 3. I thought it was great. 4, I think I gave up on about halfway through. I just felt like I was going through the same motions, albeit with a different backdrop. Yeah, and that that's my problem with 4. Uh, I, did, I got to the end of 4 because Pagamin is a fascinating character who makes playing that game... That is he game. as good as Vass, though? I prefer Vass. I, uh, Vass is better, but I think Pagan, in and of himself, is reason enough to see that game through to its end. Mm-hmm. So then we get to Primal, which has the same flaws of 4 without any of the redeeming qualities. And at the start of the game, you're introduced to a whole load of new mechanics that um, you would need for the series, because this is going back to 10,000 BC. So we're losing guns, we're losing vehicles to an extent, and instead we are building up our tribe in the land of Oris. There's a much bigger focus on gathering materials, which are then used for building huts or creating ammo or upgrading. But as I kept going further and further into the game, all the new stuff slowly sort of evaporated and what I was left with, I'm just playing Far Cry 4 again. And Primal really does feel like Far Cry 4 DLC, with a few interesting hooks and mechanics um, slapped onto it. So closer almost to a Blood Dragon spin-off than a full entry worthy of a full yeah, price box. Yeah, because a lot of the missions are so repetitive in their structure, and they also recycle a lot of what UB Games have been doing over the last three or four years anyway. There's definitely enjoyment to be found in the game, but I was so disappointed that they had this big opportunity, this sort of grand reimagining, and yet still it is sunk into this familiar rhythm. And in many ways that goes against what I loved about Far Cry 3 in the first place. There are definite issues with the game, and you'll be able to read so much more about them, <laughs> so much more focused as well, uh, next week when the issue comes out. So a few weeks ago on Twitter, I said... Um, God, I keep talking about Twitter. I never actually go on Twitter. I barely ever tweet. <laughs> but it just so happens, everything I want to talk about in this podcast, I did tweet about. Shout um, out to Twitter fans. So I mentioned that I was working on my favourite wallet that we've ever done before. Oh, and there was yeah. a little bit of speculation as to what that might be. Uh, I can tell you now that it is uh, a wallet all about No Man's Sky, which is a game that some of you might have heard of, uh, some of you might be excited about. Uh, there's been Never a lot of buzz of about it uh, <laughs> over the last few years. Um, we have been to the studio. We have played No Man's Sky. We have some exciting things to reveal in the issue. Um, we've been to a planet that no one else has ever been to before. Uh, and there's a funny story about that because the devs didn't know what was on that planet. And it was quite interesting. Um, so rewind a bit, uh, a few months. Ben and Jen obviously joined us at the end of last year Um I interviewed them both for the job, along with many other people. Uh, and I distinctly remember in Jen's interview, uh, I asked everyone who I interviewed, I asked, like, what is the one game that they are most looking forward to on PS4? And Jen's answer was No Man's Sky. So naturally, Jen was the person to send on this trip. Um, Jen, what was it like to play No Man's Sky? Uh, I mean, the thing about No Man's Sky is it's so big. Just as a concept like you mean you didn't finish it <laughs> yeah just Come again on, just slacking. blitzed it half an hour like whatever have you got um, any authority in this 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that nobody has any authority to talk about No Man's Sky, not even the developers. Like, this is why it's so crazy, right? It sounds like Skynet. <laughs> Oh, but it's it's so big, right? So there's 18 quintillion planets in this game because it is basically a procedurally generated universe. It's all coded and then from these, you know, these however many lines of code, a few thousand lines of code, like springs like an entire universe. It's like the creation myth made real. Um, but so to, so to actually sit down and and play this game, which you know it, it's won all, all sorts of kind of most anticipated awards, and I've been sort of dreaming about it ever since you know the idea was been revealed about you know stepping foot onto a planet that has literally not existed until I've stepped foot on it, um, and I actually got to do that, um, and it was it was mind blowing, like especially to kind of peek behind the curtain in the studio and, and and kind of see all the elements that like could potentially pop up in the game you talk about it in the feature so i don't want to spoil it here but i will just tease it by saying you found a not safe for work creature on yeah, this planet yeah. that shocked the other people in the room yeah well yeah so i was i was i was in with uh sean and dave uh from hello games who are basically like the lead developers we started on one planet me and me and another journalist um and uh, so immediately I was like, well, I want to, they, they'd kind of shown us around in a, in a, a small hands-off demo before I was like, well, I want to go, I want to go find my own planet. Uh, so, so I hopped in the spaceship, um, and, and kind of flew 10 minutes and I think about 300,000 kilometers off in the direction of this planet. It was kind of closer to the sun over there. I was like, I'm going to go over there. Maybe it'll be more, maybe it'll be warmer than the planet I spawned on, which was like, Minus two hundred degrees Celsius. You spawned on Hoth, basically. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It was it was equally as beautiful, but I was dying of hypothermia, so that was a problem. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'd, I'd go on a little a little holiday uh, to to sunnier climes. Um, so I, I, f- I flew off for ten minutes uh, and and landed on this planet, and I was like, oh, have you been to this this planet before? Like in your test, and they were like, no, we have we have, we have no idea, we have no idea. Um, and it was called. I don't even know how to pronounce it because no one's found this planet before but it's it's called i i think i would i would pronounce it like louis you'll be able to read lots about it in my feature um landed on this planet and 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 basically was greeted with an incredibly strange creature (laughs) an incredibly strange creature which was so strange uh and and kind of obviously procedurally generated and random but like had had correct motion like it moved how i would expect it perhaps to move oh, kind gosh. of um and 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 sean and dave this is a uh, cronenberg anyway sean and dave kind of looked at each other like with pure horror on their and faces slapped an nda on it they they brought out a gun uh no they didn't but um and i was like what is that and um, but of course they didn't know because everything in no man's sky is just a product of you appearing in that section of the universe um and so everything on the planet was was entirely unknown to them like including this strange thing that popped up so while you were up in space matt you were down in the sea i was Mm. uh i was swimming in the deep in a game called abzu Mm. which is a game from a new studio called giant squid uh, which was founded by Matt Nava, who was the former art director of that game company, who, of course, made Journey. And Flower. And Flower. Yeah, and Flower. But and he Flo. didn't work on Flow. Oh. Uh, he joined for Flower. Um, so uh, Absu was announced a couple of years ago at E3, 
is coming to PS4 and PC. It is. It very much feels like a spiritual successor to Journey. But in Journey, while you were you know, crossing a desert trying to get up a tall mountain, in Abzu you're swimming through an ocean trying to get down mm. deep to unknown depths. Mm. Uh, so there's a nice like mirror yeah. of themes there. quite pleasing. Um, Witness-esque but, symmetry. <laughs> yeah, so a new studio, uh, same art. Uh, guy who did the art for Journey is working on this, so it looks very similar. It obviously feels very similar as well. He, he's brought a lot of what he learned working at that game company to the new studio to this game, and uh, you know, orally, it's got music again by Austin Wintry, who of course did the much celebrated score for Journey. Mm. He's also working on Abzu, um, so I I don't want to say in, in, somehow in the future I don't really talk much about what I did, and that was deliberate because Journey is a game all about the surprises like yeah. you are discovering from minute one it's about what you discover in a way kind of like no man's sky the, yeah. the benefit we've got is that there's not going to be another planet uh, not going to be another player on the planet probably who finds the same planet that jen found mm. so it kind of doesn't matter that you can reveal this yeah. not safe work creature because you in might have mag. been the only person to ever find that creature oh my god i wish i had been able to get some screenshots because like, oh my god it was amazing <laughs> i mean there's that amazing quote right by sean murray if uh, a new planet is found every second it will take 585 billion years to find all the planets in no man's yeah. sky so it's quite probable that'd that be nobody... long after the heat <clears throat> death of our own universe which is so, a comforting thought so, so jen probably <laughs> found that planet and it will never be seen again so it's important to share that absolutely is a bit different because it's it's more linear everyone's going to be going through that same journey i didn't want to be like hey and then you turn a corner and then like a giant oct- octopus turns up and sings a song which it doesn't do that would be Aww. terrible Aww. it isn't like a little mermaid spin <laughs> Under the sea. um but we we played it quite a bit we chatted with matt nava uh, I had a fascinating interview with him about the game, about Journey, about what he wants Absolute to be. Uh, so we've got uh, eight beautiful pages and some so-so words on Absolute because I wrote it. Um, <laughs> but check it out. It's it's a packed issue. Obviously, No Man's Sky and Absolute are the, the two core features in it. We've also got a lovely feature on free-to-play games. Uh, so if you want to play for a good few hundred hours on your PS4 and not get your credit card out, not spend a pound, uh, you can do that. We tell you what games you should look out for mm. to, to do that because there are quite a lot of free-to-play games now, um, but they're not very good. So we're quite upfront about, hey, these are the good ones. You can probably <laughs> check them out. Uh, and quite interestingly, uh, this month, when you get the issue, we're also giving you download codes for gear for World of Tanks and for Warframe, which are two of the free-to-play games mm. in the feature. Obviously, they don't give you the games because the games are free, uh, <laughs> but you get gear for those games. So in World of Tanks, we give you a tank and a garage slot and some premium access. Uh, for Warframe, we give you a really, really cool weapon uh, and a credit booster. I'm excited um, about that because I, I, I was reading about it uh, when I was checking the mag, and uh, I'm, I'm quite excited about Warframe. I hadn't really well, looked into yeah, it, and it's quite uh, Destiny-esque yeah, in a way. Yeah, so, so I, I, did, I got another guy to write this feature, but this feature really spawned from an idea I had when I tried Warframe close to PS4 launch, and I just wasn't that bothered by it. I played it for 20 minutes. I was just like, eh, it's fine. But mm. I think I've got a switch in my brain where if something's free to play, I'm immediately suspicious. I'm yeah. just like, well, how is it trying to get money out of me? Yeah. I personally have a rule. I never buy anything in a free-to-play game. I just It's a slippery slope. I don't want to go down that route. I don't mind if other people choose to. It's just personally I would never spend money because I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole. About a year and a half passed, a bit longer, and I was like... 
hmm, I do like people are still playing it. I'm still seeing news stories yeah. about the content's coming out. I see people pop up on Twitter and stuff. Um, they're playing Warframe. Why are they still? Did I miss something? I went back and it was like a totally new game. It was a different game. It had a totally new intro. I was like, wow, this is this is pretty big. This is good. Mm. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with it. So I thought, yeah, we, we should do something on this for sure. Um, so it's a really cool feature. Definitely check it out. I definitely suggest that uh, you take the advice of the feature and try out some of the games. They might not all be for you, but I think there's definitely a handful in here yeah. that you'll find you'll grow to love, if not love straight away. And that's a lot of gaming for not yeah. a lot of money. Like, what have you got to lose? No money. Yeah. No money. No um, money. Part of the reason, I think, why I don't want to spend money in free-to-play games is because I might end up like Tyra. Um, yeah. Oh, Ben. Be- ben has a FIFA problem. Oh, Ben. I had, had a <laughs> FIFA problem. Well, well, because ever since, you know, you, you confess that, you've been dipping back in, you've let, been saying. Let me just say one number, and that number is... Seven hundred and nine pounds ninety five pence. Mm, less ben, a number, more a figure ben, of grotesque ben, proportions. What, what is that of? What what's that? Like seven hundred plus pounds. That is the amount of freelance I still need to be paid for <laughs> due to all the FIFA articles I've been writing <laughs> yeah. on the slide. About your it is, uh, when I was at uni, uh, between the years of two thousand eleven and two thousand thirteen, I played a lot of FIFA Ultimate Team, and mm. I bought a lot of packs in that game, and. For a for a feature that wasn't a lot of fun to write, I thought it would be a great idea to figure out how much I spent because whenever anybody whenever anybody asked me, I'd go, "Oh, it was a few hundred. I don't really like looking at the figure because I'm scared of what it'll be, and I had every reason to be scared of what it'll be because yeah. it's that monstrosity." Yeah. See, everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh man, Oculus Rift costs so much. Oh man, HTC Vive costs so much. You spent more on Ultimate Team." Though. The HTC Vive is like seven hundred I... quid, right? So you could you could have bought an HTC. Vive. <laughs> Why do I want to do that when Project Morpheus is out this year? Oh, Morpheus! Oh, hashtag um, off brand. PlayStation VR. Slap my wrist. Oh yeah, crap. In my heart, it'll always be Morpheus. Um, <laughs> I, I, my one of my friends gave me a very slight reprieve and said, when you think about it, though, it only works out to six pound a week. Oh god. So that's just a cigarette. Well, that's the end. thing. Like, surely it's like your rent twice or something oh my god it's uh, mate, too a, much money mate, to i live back. in a castle my rent is like nowhere near that i'm kidding you live in a cardboard box snake style <laughs> <laughs> i do have to get back into ultimate team yeah yeah you do so we've got all that in the issue that's out next week we've got loads more i'm not going to go through it all because it would honestly take about an hour to talk about every page that we've got in the issue uh, but we've got stuff such as lego uh, star wars the force awakens we've got four pages of screens and info on that Ben, we've not even had time to talk about Firewatch. I know you feel very passionately about that. We'll save that for another time. Yeah. Um, But we've got a really, really good opinion piece from Ben on that. And another Ben as well, because the office is populated by Ben's and Matt's. We have a hiring policy now at Future. If you're not called Ben or Matt, then... You don't get in unless you're called Jen. Uh, Well, I only got hired because you mistook me. Yeah, yeah, I I Um, thought you were Ben. Yeah. I, I... that J, your, your handwriting's oh, terrible. Yeah, sorry. Um, we've got loads of cool stuff this issue. We've got another free gift as well, which is a 20-page Hitman mag. Um, tons of reviews, lots of cool previews, including Paragon, which, Jen, you played quite a lot. I did. Um, and, like, very much. We've got an interview with Patrick Back about Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Great, great issue. It's out on the 8th, and it's the most beautiful wallet you will ever see. It's going to jump off shelves. Prepare um, your eyeballs. So look forward to that. Unless you're subscribing, in which case you might already have it in your hands, or it'll be coming through the letterbox probably tomorrow Lucky or people. Before that happens, we do still have an issue on shelves. I won't go into it too much, um, but it's our Ratchet & Clank issue. 
or as it's also known in the office, Jen. The Jaffa cake. The Jaffa cake issue. The Jaffa cake issue. For obvious reasons. Because, yeah, so it's coloured like a Jaffa cake. Orange, mostly orange, right? (laughs) Orange orange. and blue. Orange and blue. Orange and blue. (laughs) Orange and blue. So Jen started this thing about it being the Jaffa cake. Sure enough, pictures of Jaffa cakes and the issue appeared on Twitter. (laughs) On her Twitter. And then my Twitter. And then we started getting readers randomly posting pictures of some food stuff <laughs> and the issue. Just Mr. I, Kipling's. I, I don't think it really... food. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that Gu- set the Guys, you've got to stay on message, really, with the, the, with the hashtag the Jaffening. But, I think you should be eating your food rather than put it on magazines because it's unhygienic. <laughs> but really cool issue. Ratchet & Clank is a, the cover feature. We played it lots and lots and lots. We chatted to not only Ted Price... Um, from Insomniac, but I sat down with Kevin Munro, who is directing the Ratchet and Clank movie, and I even sat in on a recording session with Armin Shimmerman as he did his voiceover for Doctor Nefarious, and that was quite fascinating. Uh, I talk about it in the issue. Don't miss that. Uh, we've got an essential free gift this month, which are our Street Fighter Five Move cards, which we are just using all the time. It is ridiculous. Like we constantly have them on our knees yeah, while so we're playing. Just to explain, pop out cards, kind of like playing card sizes, but on them you haven't got like four suits and however many what are there eleven numbers and three. Uh, I don't know. I should know my playing cards really. Whatever. Whatever. Who plays cards uh, anymore? We all play Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. So we've got yeah. Street Fighter character <laughs> art and we've got the moves uh, for your fighters. So you've got your special moves. You're not going to find these cards anywhere else. You can't just nip into a game and say, can I have some uh, handy cards which no. tell me the special moves in Street Only Fighter? They're going to go, we don't stock it, mate. So like, you don't want to be that guy <laughs> or girl out. who has to pause, go to the command list, figure out how to play That's a character. That's how you lose friends. That yeah. is how you lose friends. Yeah. That's how the opponent thinks, right, I'm going to double my game now and get a perfect against yeah. them because this person is a jerk who does not know yeah, the moves. Yeah, just throws you off mentally. So we'll teach you the special moves and the critical arts of all 16 characters. And the really cool thing is you can pop it to the side of where you're sitting or on your fight yeah. stick or whatever and keep referring to it until you're, you're an expert. Yes, Please ben. note, <laughs> just because you've got the moves down on there doesn't mean you'll actually be able to pull them off. They're I mean, quite difficult to do. Like, I struggle. Uh, ben, ben speaks from experience. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, Ben speaking only for himself here. But uh, yeah, no, they're adorable. I think uh, um, Matt Elliott, who loves Armika and plays her ridiculously well, um, uh, keeps the little Armika card in his wallet like a picture of his wife. Yes. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, less said about that. <laughs> that's not. I got, believe that's called character assassination. <laughs> got lots on the division. We've got a really cool feature on Hideo Kojima and his next project for PS4. We've got Hands On with Doom and Whites, a game when it comes out in May that is going to be absolutely essential and where you're going to love it. Uh, we've got a big, big feature on Hitman. Of course, the intro pack's coming out very soon at the start of March. Uh, I played it all. I'll give you 47 reasons why it is going to be a game that you have to get. Uh, I'm a big Hitman fan. I was, I don't know, at the time I thought Absolution was all right. Looking back, I think I've kind of retconned history somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) All along, it was definitely no Blood Money. Blood Money was my baby. So was Hitman too, to be fair. Um, I'm I'm an Absolution apologist, definitely. Great intro on Blood Money, I hear. Ben. <laughs> Don't ben, even get me stuck. Apart from the prologue of Blood Money, which was an abomination, this very much feels like a return to Blood Money with some of the refinements at Absolution. Absolution did a couple of really, really good things, and it's got those refinements put back into a world that feels like Blood Money. Mm. Uh, and it's great, and we've got a big feature that's hopefully um, 
quite funny as well in places. I don't know. I, I, I found it funny. I, I was I was reading it and uh... I found some horrible things out about myself when I played that game <laughs> because like, every time I, I was like, right, I'm going to do this properly. I'm going to stealth it. Oh, oh, I've got a battle axe. Well, I have to go on a chopping spree. <laughs> I've got just... a bust in my hand. Well, I have to crack it in someone's exactly. face. Exactly. I just uh... find a new weapon. I'll be like, right, out. The plans go. So if you want an Let's... insight into yeah. Matt's true character, please yeah. pick up the issue and read about some of the awful things he did to innocent people. Uh, and not so innocent people, obviously. <laughs> ben, you've got a sheet for us. I have a nice little spreadsheet here full of questions for the team. And these are were called from Twitter and Facebook. So if you made it onto this list, that obviously means you're our favourite readers. I'm just kidding, you're all our favourite readers. Um, so yeah, so we've got some questions and we're going to get everybody's opinion on them. And then I'll like come in at the end with just some nonsense. Uh, so the first one is from Anthony Chesson. He is Cheshman. UK on Twitter and he asks hello where have you been uh, are you guys excited about PSVR slash Morpheus if so which games experiences are you most excited about so if you want to tackle this twofer that's a two for one it's a twofer Jen where have you been and are you excited for PSVR where have well, I, I been I think he means where's the podcast been so as we all know the podcast <laughs> was on a mini hiatus as the new team were settled in yep that's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, I mean, yeah, well, summing what, what it up I'll nicely. Say, I mean, that is where we've been. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually add another question there, which is where are we going? Um, so just to fill you guys in on what's Flipping happening, uh, we're doing, obviously this is quite a long podcast. We'll be doing this once a month, uh, just before the new issue comes out every month. We'll time it the week before the new mag comes on shelves. But we realise that a month's a long time to wait. So in between, like every other week, uh, we'll be doing a little shorter podcast and we won't be doing the full, hey, this is what's in the issue, this is what we're playing now, this is a new story, etc. We'll zero in on perhaps just one topic, just one game, something that's we've been talking about a lot in the office or something we've been playing a lot in the office. We promise it won't be Street Fighter Five every other week. I mean... Um, because that will just be <laughs> relentless. Um, <laughs> although It already is relentless. We'll try and office. mix it up for mm. you guys. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks' time with a much shorter podcast and then two weeks after that we'll be back with the longer one and we'll have this rotation um so if we don't shout at us yeah um that's no, a promise we you will. can get me on twitter and i will cry well, but let's, also let's make podcasts twitter, twitter pimping for the end <laughs> so psvr follow me yes one game on psvr what one would be? oh god what would it be? Or is it the ones we're what, excited about, you mean, right? Like, what games we know about? Which, yes. Which, yes. If, if there's one game at the moment you're most excited for on PSVR, what is it? Because uh, I think I speak for us all where PSVR is incredibly exciting. Well, neither of you have played it yet. Though, no. Right? No. Not yet. <laughs> you can sort that out, though, for <laughs> Ben's like, ah, copy. he's what winking right now. That? Yeah. I, I feel like I kind of need to take the lead here because yeah. I have yeah. played it a bunch of times. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I've, yeah, I played it a few times last year. I'll be playing it again in a couple of weeks. Um, one game, I don't know. Like the, f the first thing I played in VR was Kitchen, which is the infamous horror demo by Capcom. Um, oh, if only they had a horror series that they could plug this stuff into. That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, Kitchen was great. I did a YouTube video straight after. This was at E3 last year with Dan Dawkins on Games Radar. And I said... Um, it was absolutely brilliant. It didn't scare me as much as PT. And a lot of people thought I was dumping on Kitchen. I wasn't at all. Kitchen is brilliant. It was a lot of fun. It just didn't scare me. Um, but I'm very excited to see what that becomes. If it becomes anything. There's no guarantee it will become anything. But you know what? I'm damn sure it's going to become something. Um, and I hope we'll find out at E3. Um, 
so I'm looking forward to that. The best experience I've had so far with PlayStation VR would be the next game that I played at E3, which was The Heist. Um, I didn't realise how cool first-person shooting would be in VR. It was fixed. It wasn't like I was moving around in terms of I had an analogue stick and could move, but I was moving around in terms of my body. I was standing up, ducking down mm. and ducking behind cover while then using you know the move controllers as oh, guns right. to shoot at people who were running in people up on balconies. Scoring a headshot in virtual reality is just... I, I can't really do it justice in words. It's just something you have to experience. As much as you can talk about VR being this transformative experience, how it changes everything, and until you actually get the opportunity to test it, it's very hard to to understand what that is. I'd read about VR stuff before. I'd read about Morpheus at the time before. Um, I'd read about that game even before because we got Andy Hart up at GDC to play that for us and we did a cover feature on it and I'd read that multiple times while checking and sending the issue but it still didn't prepare me for when I actually got to put on the headset for myself and play it. Mm. Um, so I'd highlight those two. Um, like There's some other stuff I played like Super Hypercube was really cool puzzle game. I, I don't feel like it was big enough for me to be like, that's that one game I'm most looking forward to. I think right. of all the stuff I've yet to sample... The one that I would flag up as, yes, I absolutely Rez. have to do that, is Res. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Res fan. I like my music games anyway. Um, Res felt like it was always evolving f- from the original release, Dreamcast, PS2. There was an HD version that came out on 360. Of course, PlayStation never got that. So when Res comes out as Res Infinite, it's not only on PlayStation VR. It's PS4 or PlayStation VR. Um, so you can play it if you don't have a headset, which is great because we've never had that HD experience on PlayStation. But if you do have PlayStation VR, it's going to just absorb you into that music like nothing else. Being in that world in virtual reality, you know, as one with the music Mm. is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, So that would be my my pick. Jen? Um, I mean, I'm getting excited by perhaps uh, sort of less full experiences i don't know so um one that i would definitely flag up as interest in seeing where it's going uh is um tekken 7's coming out obviously and i love to love my fighting games and i've always been a tekken fan girl um but uh i actually did an interview with um the developers um uh and character designer so uh michael murray and kosuke waki when i went to tokyo I was going to say, you flew to Tokyo for that preview. And I that did. That is in the Jaffa Cake. Issue. That is in Jaffa that Cake. It's still on shelves right yeah, now. So if and you it's... haven't yet read it, yeah. pick it up because Jen did four pages on Tekken 7. Yes. And um, yeah, I got some sort of interesting details about um, about Tekken VR um, because it, it will launch with kind of a VR mode. Uh, obviously, the whole game's not going to be in VR. Um, and uh, I, I think everyone kind of assumed that a VR fighting game was kind of going to be like uh, that thing you could do in Tekken 2 where like uh, it was basically like a cheat uh, where you could like go into the body of a fighter and sort of like fight in first person um, and and everyone I think has always sort of assumed that uh, a, a VR fighting game mode would be something to do with that and that it wouldn't be very good but like at least you could have that experience um, but when I was talking to the devs um, they basically were like very insistent. They were like, look, we want to clear up some misconceptions. Like it's not going to be a first person, like you're fighting as a, a Tekken fighter mode. Um, 
which which was interesting um and they and they kind of like threw out a couple of ideas of um of where it might be going um so i talk about it a little bit in in the jaffa cake preview um but it'll it'll basically be uh something to do with the characters they said they basically want to showcase the characters and i have my own little theories about uh what it might be which is I think perhaps it'll end up being a, a sort of mode where you can put on your your PSVR headset and and sort of look at character models um, because uh, they've spent a long time kind of like designing like all the tech and characters and revamping old ones. Um, so I think that's where it's going. Uh, <laughs> you, you, I'm going to play devil's advocate. You cannot seriously be telling me that that is your one most no, wanted. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm... that in- <laughs> sounds dumb. <laughs> no, well, I'm interested to see that because okay. I think it'd be super cool. Um, it's made in Unreal 4 and stuff, so it's going to look awesome and it already looks awesome. Pick, As keep talking and nobody exposed. Um, it's basically a game where... Uh, one of you has a headset on and you can see uh like a bomb in a room uh and you have to figure out how to disarm the bomb it's got several panels all over it all with like a kind of varying degrees of like buttons kind of buttons and, and switches LCD and screen. lights yeah, yeah. that go red in this case and green in this case and the other player um perhaps ben in this case if i've got the headset on has something ridiculous like a 16 page manual yeah, pdf printed out manual. yeah and and and, and it has and the instructions on how to on how to defuse the bomb um uh, and so i'm panicking probably as i am want to do with the headset on trying to figure out and say okay ben well there's this weird rune on here it kind of looks like a ball bag like how what does that mean do i press that before the star to defuse and ben's like no 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 Who's like, making a bomb with ball like, bags on? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> is is the red is the light red? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, is it yellow? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so what you want to do is press the star and then like the weird moon shape thing. Uh and then from from what I've seen, basically you start panicking because like the time is going down all the time. Uh and and I'm I'm increasingly probably feeding Ben garbled information of what I'm seeing in this headset and Ben is leafing through the manual wildly to try and looking in the uh, <laughs> looking in, in the, the ball bag section there's a rune on on that game that looks like a ball bag <laughs> <laughs> the second the second question uh this is quite an interesting one actually this is from Ollie or at not clever Tom on Twitter what games have had one moment that made you stop playing it altogether and I've got a good one here um oh. it is Haze the second level, because I'm a huge Splitters fan, at uh, Time Splitters, and uh, it is the final three Radical game. I got into the second mission. At the time, I remember it being just unplayable. I just could not get on with Haze. And I put it down, I never went back, and I just... What was so unplayable about it? The fact it's got a corn song on the soundtrack doesn't help. <laughs> hey. um, it's very difficult to describe, because... I've tried to block out most memories of that game. Okay, yeah. But it's it's down to the fact that I had such high expectations. It had a few notably close delays to launch. And by the time I finally got my hands on it, I'd read reviews saying this is not very good. I wanted that game to work so well, but it felt slow and sluggish compared to the Time Split series. And it developed this bizarrely serious story that didn't really fit in with what that studio did really well, which was the... uh, fun of splitters so what you're saying is it it was a real six out of ten no it wasn't even that <laughs> oh. um, i'm gonna make you really sad when i joined this company in 2007 the first studio i ever went to was free radical oh. <gasps> and um it was to see well it was on the understanding we were going to see time splitters four 
What? And, uh, no. I, I didn't see oh. Time Splitters 4, but I saw concepts for Time Splitters 4, and I saw um, like they had this board up, this whiteboard, and it had this uh, info about this demo they were working on. It was set in... Um, I think it was Frankenstein's castle, although I might have got my what? my figures mixed up there. Maybe it was like Dracula's castle. I think it was Victor Frankenstein's castle. Nice. Um, and yeah, they were like, I don't know if it's just an early mood board or if it was something that was actually in progress that they had stuff together. Oh. But yeah, there was tons. There was an entire room filled with concept art for Time Splits 4. Um, I've said it before in the mag, I got my first ever job paid like less than one pound fifty an hour in a garden centre when I was 14 years old to save up and buy a PS2. And when I bought my PS2, the only game I had for over a month um, was Time Splitters. And then obviously Time Splitters 2, Time Splitters 3, many, many happy memories. No, not um, four. Not four. You can pinpoint the not moment four. where his heart breaks. Hey, look, if it's any consolation, I was upset as well. Aww. <laughs> So, uh, Jen, have you got a game where you stop playing for... Yes. Good or bad? Oh, well, this is the thing, right? Because this question can go either way. Um, I, I, I definitely have an experience for both. So, for a game that, that had a moment that was so powerful that I like actually had to physically put down the pad and stop playing, but it was good, uh, was recently, obviously, Life is Strange, which was uh, mine and Matt's game of the year 2015 and and for me i mean obviously there's something that happens in uh episode two that is very powerful uh where i kind of had to stop and really kind of process that uh but also the did end you get the good or bad ending i got the two. good ending because yeah, i paid too. attention yeah no both yeah. of us did all three um, of us did yeah. <laughs> oh yeah team of uh yeah no I, I had several friends who didn't and they were like oh i thought that was just how it's supposed to happen i'm like no just pay attention uh sorry so- eardrums yeah. <laughs> That was pretty powerful. And and the end of the game as well, even though uh, I think uh, other people in the office have mixed feelings about how effective the end was. Uh, I think, Ben, you were just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a debate for a different podcast. It is, it is. But, I mean, personally, it was, it, was, it was powerful enough to make me put down the pad and think for a full 15 minutes about the decision I was going to make. I wanted to do the game justice because uh, I felt it handled decisions really well. In terms of so bad, I had to put down the, the pad and also um, ended up snapping the disc. Yeah, what? yeah. So bad. But um, Duke Nukem Forever for PS3, which I bought thinking it would be an excellent idea. Um, <laughs> I'm not easily offended, right? So like Duke Nukem humour, gen- generally sort of, you know, right up my street. So first of all, had you any idea of what you were getting yourself in for when you well, played this game? I mean, not really. Like I'd heard that it was kind of like zany out there humour and it was going to be really funny. And like, I'm a, I, I guess you're so young, you never had Duke no, Nukem 3D, No, I didn't. Right? I, did. so, I perhaps went in. A, a, a little uh, a little innocent the shooting looks fun um it looks like it'll be a good time uh crack it on the ps3 let's get going duke nukem forever um and it was fun for a little bit like i quite enjoyed the shooting i thought like some of the weapons are really fun like kind of like the shrink rays and stuff and um you know i, like, I had a, i had a time with it and i'd bought it so i was like <laughs> i had a time with I had it. A time, and i was like i'm gonna keep going um and then uh i kind of got to a third of the way i think probably through the game um anyway so you, you get to this this level in the game that i don't know what it's called but it's basically like an alien like spaceship hive right. um and 
Okay, so I, I walk into the spaceship hive as Duke. You know, my ego's my ego's pulsing. There's some there's some boobs on the wall for some reason, which, which again I'm like, that's fine. I'm gonna let Duke Nukem forever have a free pass on that one. Um, walk into this alien hive, um, and like just these horrible, like like sex noises basically of like women, but also like pain and crying. And I was like, what is happening? Um, and basically, turns out that aliens are forcibly impregnating these women with alien babies, uh, and the audio just goes on forever. Um, and then also, kind That's of, why it's called forever. Yeah, you can forever <laughs> seared into my memory. Um, uh, and uh, and yeah, and there's actually no way to save them um, uh, from their grisly fate, which is either you shoot both of them in the head basically to put them out of their misery or you just uh which i did because i'm trigger happy but or, or apparently you, there's no way to save them um and their alien babies just explode inside them and they just explode nice. into a mess and okay. it it's just incredibly like gratuitous and weird and the audience is chilling like, gratuitous and yeah that's the game that's but like for me like and, and like that was just a step beyond like what anything I'd ever seen before and it like it wasn't even like done well like Duke Nukem has this like reaction to it uh I think he says something like well looks like you're like effed and I was like it's not even funny like it's not even a witty response these these women being like like impregnated and then exploded from the inside by aliens and I was like I'm done I'm like 100% done like I, I can't justify it, and I, I snapped the disc in half because I was so angry. <laughs> Junior can forever story. I, uh, <laughs> I flew over to Amsterdam to see that game. Oh my god! Um, oh Amsterdam, and, okay. Which yeah. I've never been before. And yeah, Amsterdam was a step beyond which I, what I've ever seen before. Uh, like walking through the red light district with Randy Pitchford chatting about stuff. Cool. About Junior Newcomb. I, 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 I found that very uncomfortable. That area. I bet. Like, yeah, I'm mm. not. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> anyway, no shopping. I had, a, had a, uh, an hour-long chat with him in the hotel lobby about his history and games and Duke and working on 3D and stuff. Fascinating things to come out of that chat. Like he called himself. Um, I'll probably censor it. I'm sure there were there were many f bombs dropped on his mm. part. Like I think he called himself a, a dick for spending most of his time on that game creating an Area 51 level, which was a secret level. Um, that I think he said only 10% of players found that level. And he spent a lot of time coding the sequence where you had to launch rockets in a particular um, order mm. to solve a puzzle. Right. Um, and he's just like, man, what an asshole. Like, no one saw that. Like, 10% of people saw that. What was the point of all that effort? Um, and it was... It was a real shame because I remember being a very young, far, far too young kid playing it on PC. And then again, I had it on Sega Saturn. My parents were like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, like, can you buy me this? It's fine. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, fine. Sure. They it's didn't fine. Know. They didn't know. Um, and I used to love all the secret stuff. And I, I want to uncover loads of secrets in my games. But, um, but he's right. Like, you can't spend that amount of effort on something that only a tiny, tiny, tiny user base is going to see in today's climate when it takes months if not years to build levels right you could have got away with it back then to a certain degree because it was a lot easier it didn't take as much time to build these worlds compared with now um but i wrote a cover feature on it um 
when the game came out, I thought it was ass. Uh, but <laughs> right, when so. I went to Gearbox a couple of years later for an, uh, <laughs> an Aliens Colonial Marine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. um, yeah, I got I've just gr- got a thousand got yard the, stare. Got all the great ones. <laughs> got all the good ones. Um, they have an amazing studio. I don't know if they're still there because at the time they were planning on moving. I know when I caught up with them a year and a bit later, they still hadn't moved, but I don't know if they've moved yet. But in this studio which, by the way, is the top three floors of a bank. And when they were doing Aliens, uh, they used to have like these pulse rifle replicas and they were strolling into this bank with these pulse rifle replicas to take it up to their office. (laughs) It's like, Um, morning, guys. (laughs) So so I went to their studio. First of all, they've got a gold elevator from Duke Nukem Forever that actually exists. It goes between the top two floors of that building. Only the top two floors. Cool. Um, but my feature on Duke Nukem Forever was framed on the wall of their pinball room. They've got a <gasps> pinball room, what? which is like the, the absolute best There's room so in many, studio. There's so many things in that sentence I need to deconstruct right now. And I, I went, oh. like, holy crap, it's my feature framed oh. above their pinball tables. Oh. So Matt, any games where you stop playing? Yeah. Because they are too good to carry on playing or too bad um, to sully yourself with. Yeah. I. Uh, any snap discs? So Life is Strange... Um, I didn't stop playing, but it made me pause at times yeah. where it um, allows you to pause. So there are times in that game where you can just take a seat on yeah. a set of swings and just sit there, not really do much. You can take a seat, I think, on Chloe's bed, just sit there, listen to the music, yeah. not do much. Park just, benches. Yeah, an opportunity to reflect on your actions. And you know what? Every time it gave me the chance to do that, I took the chance. Mm. I, I thought, why not? Like This is in there for a reason. And it's actually really nice just yeah. to sit and admire things and just there's a bit of a monologue whenever you do it i think mm. max says a few things but even beyond that when it's silent you're just listening to the music yeah it was just nice to play a game where i felt i could relax at times yeah i almost um, preferred the silence to the monologues the monologues yeah. i could take or leave but like especially because the the ost for that game as well is is like the music is absolutely mm. beautiful and you're just like sat there and yeah that was an awesome part yeah. of the game and then I don't know. I, I have a distinct memory of playing Final Fantasy VII and getting to Nibelheim, which is quite far in the game, and then deciding that I'd missed some enemy... Um, oh, what's it called? The the materia that lets you pick up enemy moves when they cast them on you. And, right. Uh, I've, I've forgotten the name. Neither of, of us are into <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy. We're going back many It's your jurisdiction. Um, and for some reason... I thought, oh, I've missed that. It's really important that I get it. I'll restart the game. Um, so I stopped playing. And, like, <laughs> and this is like wow. a long way into the oh, game. To start wow. again because I've missed like one bit of material. It was actually pretty inconsequential come the end. That's some um, hard nerding um, out there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I do do that, which is kind of yes and no. It was just, I think I was around Vincent time. And I was just like, oh, I really need this, this material. Because <laughs> there's a particular move that I want to learn from an enemy. I'll restart the game. Um, wow so I, so yeah there was that <laughs> we have got one final question and this is from Jacob Rumble it's on Facebook can you please send GTA 5 for me to PS4 Matt done yeah done yeah look forward to that Jacob oh to him personally to him <laughs> oh um no I, I don't even own it so <laughs> I'm I, so... I'll send you my copy nah jokes jokes sorry mate <laughs> i mean if you send me some money you i can thought you meant it. like can it come to ps4 it's like well it's already well, on ps4 yeah i think i think jacob was angling for a free game there uh, but you've got well. to remind his chutzpah because 
We might give up free games. We won't give up free games. <laughs> write, write us a good letter if you win a star letter. Yeah, if you win a star letter, you get all sorts well, of Well, you goodies. win a subscription, but, you know, we can swap out a free game. But you have to, like, you have to, you have write to earn letters. it. Come no on. one's going to get a free pass. Um, unless I'm feeling jealous. You want to be part of Team OPM? You've got to you've got to work for your place, guys. Come on, can't just can't just rock up. Get involved on Twitter. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jacob. Um, so that's it for questions. We'll be getting around to some more on the next one. We've got plenty of stuff we want to chat about, but yeah, that's it for today. Which is sad because it's been fun. We've covered a lot. No Man's Sky. When we started, Street this, we Fighter. said we were going to be ninety minutes. Oh God, I what time is it? It's like over two hours. Amazing. So, uh, Amazing. So, yeah. so, so next time, uh, we'll, we'll be back in a fortnight with a much shorter episode. Two weeks after that, we'll be back with a longer one in which we'll be teasing the next issue, which, as I've already kind of revealed, or well, I have revealed, uh, will be our Uncharted <laughs> issue that's out 12th of April. Before that, 8th of March, we've got No Man's Sky issue. It's absolutely rocking. Jen's written an amazing cover feature. There's tons of reviews, previews, you name it. Um, definitely check it out. I don't know what I want to say. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's well, it. Look out for the issue. That's the yeah, important stuff. Look out for the issue, and and we will be back. We're not going anywhere this time. So the promise. Next, the next <laughs> podcast will be two weeks on from the Friday. This is out, so that would be Friday the eighth. Uh, but yeah, two weeks from the Friday it's out. So every two yeah. weeks you'll have a brand spanking new OPM podcast ready just to caress your ears, whisper sweet nothings into them, <laughs> shout sweet nothings into them once we get onto a topic we are passionate about. Firewatch, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. Mm. And uh, we'll be we'll be in touch on social media probably. Like you can always get Shall in touch with us. Shall we quickly... So Jen, you are? I am at It's Jen Sim on Twitter, which is what I'm normally on. Matt? I'm at... Paloki. And I'm at the very imaginatively named at Bentyra. Yeah. Can't forget it. It's just there. You can't forget it. It's just there, popping up in my feed. More importantly, all sorts you of shenanigans. Can follow the official mag account at OPM underscore UK. Yeah, yeah, which we all tend to sort of um, hop on and uh check out what you what you're tweeting at us. More importantly still, you can add us on PSN. Yes. And you can join our community on PSN. Jen, what do they need to search for? Uh, they, well, you can now search for our actual community name in a shock twist uh, before you had to search our, uh, our our kind of mag ID, our PSN ID. But now you can literally just put in OPM space UK into the search function, which has been patched in now. Um, and it will just pop up as the uh, only result, I believe. Um, and you can just add us right into your into your friends our psn id is official ps mag that is also our twitch id because we are now starting to stream games yes we in are. fact by the time this goes on air there will already be a stream up there because you two are playing heavy rain in a couple of days as we're recording this yes um, cannot wait so i'm interested to see what you come up with that's as much as i'm gonna put on the line <laughs> he'll be like that. flitting in the background kind of like when eyes you look boggling. at the PSI camera, you'll be able to see Pellet just pop his head and yeah. shake it and then like lean out <laughs> yeah. again. And then just slowly disappear. But in the meantime, before we're back uh, in a couple of weeks, send us your questions, send us your comments. Let us know what you want more of, what you want less of. Uh, we might even come with some puns next time. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm so scared it's going to be the more pun Jen, less Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but thank you very much for listening. It's been a very long podcast. We hope we haven't tired your ears out too much and we'll be back very, very soon. Yeah, bye guys. Bye. bye.